All right, what do you guys think of that? That's pretty cool, right? Yeah. Ladies, we hope that you'll be able to participate in that. Dudes, sorry, can't do it. In fact, you play a role by uh, watching the kids so that your significant other can be a part of the Lifeway women's simulcast. Ladies, you don't want to miss that. That's this Saturday. It's going to be right here. We're going to be able to uh, have that all set up for you, and it's going to be safe. We're going to practice social distancing. It's going to be awesome. So you go to our website, churchonthetrail.org, and in the events tab, then you can register for this event. $25 covers the event and the food and everything else. So we don't want you guys, uh, you ladies, to miss out on that. And gentlemen, we want you to step up and make it happen. If you have any questions, certainly uh, just leave some comments on the website or on our Facebook page, and, uh, and, and we'll have some of our, our ladies' ministry leaders take care of it and answer any questions that you guys might have. Well, we want to welcome everybody. Hasn't this been a great day already in the, in the house of God? So good to have you guys here. So good to have all you guys who are checking in on our live stream uh, on Facebook Live or on YouTube, or maybe you're watching this video at some point in the future. Thank you, guys. We're, we're glad that you're with us. We hope that uh, if you are watching through our, uh, through on Facebook or YouTube, that you'll let us know where you at. Where are you watching from? Maybe you're here locally. Maybe you want to be real specific and say your couch or your recliner or your man cave or wherever it might be. We'd like to know where you're, from, where you're watching from, and especially uh, if you're watching from somewhere that's not local to us. We thank you for being here. And if you're new to Church on the Trail uh, through, our, uh, through our, our online uh, media, if this is a new experience for you or you haven't seen, maybe it's your first time to be with us, or one of your first few times to check out what we've got going on uh, in our virtual uh, online ministry, we would ask you to leave a, 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 some information in the comments or maybe go to our website, uh, churchonthetrail.org, and you can fill out a virtual little card to let us know you watched today. We'd love to contact you and see if we can be of help in any way. If you're here with us in-house today, I want to make sure, and, and maybe you're here for the first time or one of your first few times at Church on the Trail. We've got a little information we'd like to get in your hands. It's an info packet, and it tells you a lot about what Church on the Trail is all about. So if you've never received one of these packets I would like you to raise your hand because my friend Lynn would like to get one into your hands. Anybody else? Thank you uh, again for coming, all our visitors. And if you are here for the first time or one of your first few times, you'll notice in your welcome packet or your info packet is a little card called the connection card. There's also these connection cards in the seat backs right in front of you. So if you want to connect with Church on the Trail, utilize this card. You can let us know if you have any questions or prayer requests or things like that. And if you're here for the first time, you can let us know that this is your first visit. And at the end of the service, if you'll stop at the Black Connections desk just outside the entrance, then we got a free gift we'd like to give you as a way of saying thank you for coming to be with us. We are, we're most grateful that you're here because we feel like God has already blessed us and with His presence. He's already spoken good things to us. And there's more to come. So thank you. We're glad you're here. And we hope you enjoy your experience with us. Hey, we want to let you know there's something else that uh, Church on the Trail is doing. We're hosting a blood drive on Friday, 
the 14th of August. Now, we've done, we've hosted several blood drives uh, since, well, we, we do this somewhat regularly, but especially since the coronavirus outbreak, we've, we've been able to host, I think this will be our third uh, blood drive. Of course, blood drives are super important, especially now. Uh, it, with, with what our nation is dealing with with the coronavirus. So if you can give blood, it's Friday, August 14th from 2 to 7 p.m. over there in our kids' side, the kids' section of our, our facilities here. And as, as you know, we're going to be safe. We're going to be uh, social distance. It's all going to be good, but we'd love for you to participate. You can let us know if you want to participate. You could sign up on our Facebook page or our website, Church on the Trail. Org. Hey, want to let you guys know one more thing before we uh, continue, and that is that uh, in the time of uh, Corona, we don't have our children's ministry going where we normally have really cool ministry opportunities for the kids to enjoy. We don't have that. We love having our kids in the auditorium with us for worship and for the hearing of the word. So our kids are all welcome to stay. But if you want, we want to make sure you're aware we have another option. In the kids' side of our facility, which is just one door down this direction, we have this uh, service, the sermon, the music at the end of the service. It's uh, live streaming on the big screen in the kids' side. So if you'd be more comfortable or you think your kids would be more comfortable going over there, you and they would still be able to hear everything that's going on, but have a little bit of uh, elbow room and not as, as many constraints. Totally up to you. Just want you to know that's available to you. Now, one of the things that we like to do during our worship services is we like to receive an offering. Uh, that's, that's something that's always been a part of our worship services. In the time of corona, we're not comfortable passing buckets around, so we want to let you know, if you are interested in participating in worshiping God by giving an offering, then there are several ways you can do that. There are little giving envelopes in the seat backs in front of you, and little black boxes, secure locked black boxes on the walls here in our auditorium, and near the entrance. And you could just place your offering right in there. You could go to churchonthetrail.org and click the Give tab, or you could go to our giving kiosk in the hallway. And that's just, those are just the options if you'd like to worship the Lord by giving. Now, at this time, I'd like to take a moment, go to the Lord in prayer together. We'll ask the Lord's blessing on the rest of our service and on all the offerings that will be given in the various ways that I just mentioned. So let's pray together. Father, thank you for today. Thank you again for meeting us in such a cool way during our musical worship time. Thank you for speaking so clearly to our hearts. We pray now, Lord, that as we turn our, turn our attention in the rest of the service to hearing from your scriptures, we pray that you would give, our, give, give us alert hearts, that you would perk up our spiritual ears to hear what you have to say, and we pray you give us courage to respond to when you speak to us. We also ask, Lord, that your blessing would be on the offerings that are given today and throughout the week from our Church on the Trail family and friends. We give these offerings as a way of worshiping you and as a way of saying we trust you. We ask you, Lord, to use all our resources to be a blessing and make a difference in the lives of others. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you guys again for being here. Thank you guys for checking in with us live online or watching this video at some point in the future. What we're going to do is we're going to uh, continue a message series that we've been in for a number of weeks walking through the book of Romans. It's a, it's a New Testament book of the Bible. 
Before we do that, I want to ask you a question. Okay? I'm sorry. I didn't warn you that you would be quizzed. But here's the question. Are there any relationships, is there one or more relationships that you have in this world with another human being or another group of human beings? Is there any relationship where it's super important for you to know if you are right with that person? If your relationship with that person is all good. Can you think of a relationship right now? Raise your hand if you can. On the, online, in the chat, do the raise hand emoji. If you're thinking, and you can, real, that's pretty cool that you can raise your hand virtually. We have virtual hands being raised all over the world right now. You thinking of a relationship? Maybe it's the relationship with the person sitting right next to you. If it's not, it needs to be. Okay, you need to be thinking about that person right now. Maybe it's your, your spouse. Maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's a group of people. Maybe it's uh, leadership at work. Maybe it's uh, an entire government, <laughs> government uh, program like the Internal Revenue Service. It's super important to me to be right with those people. You know what I'm saying? I want to be right in the important relationships. Today, we're going to be talking about being right in the most important relationship of all. We're looking, as I said, in the book of Romans. We're walking through the book of Romans, and we're in Romans chapter 3. This little section of the book of Romans that we're about to, that we're starting on here today, the theme could be boiled down to one word, and you see it on the screen. It's the word justified. Say that with me. Justified. Type that in the chat. Justified. It's kind of the theme of a large chunk the book of Romans. The book of Romans talks about being justified. And this really, so what does that mean? It really is kind of a, uh, it's kind of a legal term. To be justified in the sense that the word is, uh, and the word that is used in the book of Romans, to be justified is to be acquitted. So, uh, so in other words, if you were an offender who had committed a crime... If you would become justified, then, then, you, then your guilt would be taken away. And also, the punishment for your crime would be taken away. So, when we talk about being justified, this is kind of a big deal. Now, when it comes to spiritual things, when it comes to our relationship with God, our faith journey... To be justified could be summed up in a super simple way of saying being made right with God. And that's the topic of our conversation today, being made right. This is the important relationship that we want to make sure is right. We don't want to miss out. We don't want to let this relationship get slack or slide. We want to be made right. So we're going to talk about how today... What makes us right with God? What makes us right with God? Now, we're going to look at uh, the last handful of verses in Romans chapter 3. That's where we're going to be, Romans chapter 3, okay? And in these verses, there are several verses that we'll look at, but there is a kind of a bottom line. It's the punchline. It's what it's all about. And I'm going to give you the punchline right at the front, right at the, right at the start, I'm going to give you the whole point 
right at the start, and then we're going to explain how it works. So we want to look at verses 23 and 24 of Romans chapter 3. Let's take a look at this. It says, For everyone has sinned, we all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God, in His grace, freely makes us right in His sight. He did this through Jesus Christ. Pardon the way it's written. He did this through Christ Jesus when He freed us from the penalty of our sins. We have been made right. We have been justified with God. We have all fallen short. A lot of the, one of the more famous uh, ways of phrasing this verse that you may have heard before is all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. It's a super important thing to know that we're all sinners and none of us are good enough to be right with God. But God in His grace has freely done so through His Son, Jesus Christ. And we're going to talk about kind of how that looks We're going to unpack this. How does that play out? Now, the first thing we want to say is is in this being made right thing, the first important thing that has to happen is we have to recognize the need. Recognize the need. Say recognize. Recognize. Say hashtag recognize on our our chat (laughs) online. Recognize the need. Have you guys ever been in a situation where you received something from somebody that you didn't know you needed? Ever have that happen to you? You ever get a gift and you're like, okay, well, this is nice, but I didn't realize this was a need. Happens to me all the time. My wife buys me shirts. And again, I get this shirt and I'm like, Okay, well, this is a nice shirt, but you know, baby, I, I didn't even know I needed a shirt. And she goes, yeah, I know. <laughs> but I have plenty of shirts. This shirt is blue. I already got a blue shirt. I got two blue shirts. And she goes, yeah, I know. I didn't know I needed a shirt. She knew I needed a shirt. Thank God for my wife. Pray, pray for it. It ain't easy being married to me. You ever get some advice? That you didn't know you needed? Thought you were fine? It's all good? I got this figured out. And then you're getting advice. You're like, thanks for chiming in, but I think I got it covered. And that person gave you the advice because you don't have it covered. With that thought in mind, I want to pause that. And I kind of want to go back to these verses that we're talking about today. And really... This phrase, I want to tell you about a two-word phrase that comes up all the time in the New Testament of the Scripture. It's a two-word phrase called the law. The law. All right? And this comes up in these verses. If you find yourself kind of checking out verses in the New Testament, you can see that phrase a ton of times. The law. The law. What are we talking about? Are we talking about law enforcement? Are we talking about the police force? Are we talking about uh, the government officers that, that, ma- that maintain law and order? Uh, is, is, it, is it the, uh, the, the civil standards of, uh, of behavior and conduct? Is that what the law is? Well, I, I, that is a definition. Those are some definitions of what the law is. But when we, when we talk about the Bible, when we talk about God, our relationship with Him. Whenever you hear the phrase, the law, you know what they're talking about? They're talking about 
Literally, the first five books of the Bible, the first five books of the Old Testament. They're sometimes called the writings of Moses. These first five books are what for centuries and millennia, Jewish people have called, quote unquote, the law. The law was given straight from God verbally to Moses. He wrote it down and he brought that law to the people of Israel way back in the very beginning when, they, when, when the children of Israel were set free from Pharaoh by Charlton Heston, I'm sorry, by Moses. And, oh, I'm sorry, you, you guys aren't as old as I am. He's like, behold the hand of God. Anyway, so, and Yule Brenner as Moses, right? So let it be written, so let it be done. So, but anyway, the law was given by God to Moses. He wrote it down. He delivered it to the children of Israel. And the law was full of, of a lot of laws and rules. It was just a massive to-do list and a pretty substantial to-don't list as well. The law included code of conduct, for sure. It also included uh, like ceremonial stuff, symbolic stuff that Jewish people were supposed to do. And it totally made them unique to every other race of people on the planet at the time. This was the law. Also, there were, there were like dietary rules and restrictions. There was talk about in the law about how to celebrate. And of course, the most famous thing that was in the law was 10 rules. You guys have heard of these, right? The 10 commandments. Hashtag commandments, folks watching online. So this is what the law is. Now, this was super important. It was how God used, it's what God used to teach the children of Israel what it meant to be truly God's people. It was this wonderful and super detailed and sometimes kind of tedious explanation of how God wanted to be their God and he wanted them to be his people and, they wanted to, and he wanted to be in a relationship with them. It was awesome. Now, over time, it became this identity thing for Jewish people and unfortunately became a racist thing as well where they got so judgmental about everybody that wasn't a Jew that it was just, man, they were, it, it was bad. They, they took it in a bad direction. Another bad direction they took it in is they started to assume that if they could keep every rule in the law, if they could do it perfect, then they would be right with God. The problem is there is no human being on the planet who could ever keep every one of those laws because we're just too human. So the law... The law is actually a, an intimidating kind of thing. It kind of casts this really long shadow spiritually on the children of Israel back then and even us today. And it certainly did in the first century when Paul was writing this letter to Christ followers in the ancient city of Rome. And it was intimidating. Because they were like, yeah, man, I love this message of Jesus. But these Jewish people, they keep saying that we're supposed to keep all these laws and, and, and kind of become Jewish wannabes and, and, 
pretend we're Jewish? Is that a, is that a thing? Can you even do that? And all these non-Jewish people were having a very tough time dealing with this. And so Paul included a ton of talk in his book about the law. Okay? And so that's why it's so important. Now, I want to read you, or, or us to read together, a couple more verses. Let's look at verses 19 and 20 of Romans chapter 3. All right? And you'll see some of this language coming up. Here we go. Obviously, the law applies to those to whom it was given. We're talking about Jewish people. For its purpose is to keep people from having excuses and to show that the entire world, the entire world is guilty before God because nobody can keep the law perfectly. Let's look at verse 20. For no one can ever be made right or justified with God by doing what the law commands. The law simply shows us how sinful we are. That was the point. That was the ultimate point of the law, was to show us how sinful we are. The law was the gift that we didn't know we needed. It's the shirt that you think is a repeat because you think your shirt is fine. And guess what? Your shirt's not fine. The law is the gift that we didn't know we needed because it's here to tell us how sinful we are. That's pretty depressing. Thanks for coming. We'll see you next week. Sorry. No, please stay. Stay on the couch. Don't log off. I was joking. The law shows us just how sinful we are. All right? Now, for us today, for those of us who didn't even know that the law referred to the first five books of the Bible, and we don't know all these traditions and stuff, there's an application to this idea for us today. And that application is this. If we're honest with ourselves, we know that something's not right. Now, we may have gotten used to, to, to explaining that feeling away by saying, well, I'm not a horrible person. I love my mama. I watch college football on Saturdays. That must count for something. Lord, please let it be so this fall. No, we, 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 we learn to, to sort of rationalize and say, I'm, I'm, I'm not a super bad person, but we just find somebody else that's worse than us and we compare to them and it makes us feel better. <laughs> you feel me? Well, you're looking at me like you're mad at me. Everybody looks mad at me and they want to hurt me. So if we allow ourselves, we'll just explain it away that, in, in that manner. But if we're honest, if we're honest, yeah, I mean, it's great that you're a good citizen, y'all. It is awesome. I'm proud of you. I'm glad to be your friend, all right? And we should be nice people. That's a noble thing. But if we're honest, we know that there are parts of our heart that aren't right. We, 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 we hold grudges. We live with regrets, you know. We keep secrets. We default to selfishness. When someone tries to talk to us about a problem, we get defensive. You know what that is? That's our heart saying, that's our heart proving to us that we're not right. And so we'll take, we'll create a law of some kind. Now, we're probably not going to go back to 
the first five books of the Bible because there's some weird stuff in there and there ain't no way we're going to be able to do all that. But we'll make a new law, right? And we'll say, you know, I'll, I'll make it that as long as I don't get convicted of a crime, I'm an okay guy. As long as I don't take, if I don't murder someone, I'll be fine, right? As long as I don't, am not an abusive person. I won't, I'll be, I, then, then that, that's, a, that's a measurement I can reach up to. But here's the, here's the problem. Jesus came to earth. We'll talk about the purpose for that here in just a second. But while he was here, he taught things. And he said, you've heard it said, thou shalt not kill. That's in the law. It's pretty important. It's one of the big ten, right? Thou shalt not kill. And, and bravo, goody for whoopity-doo. You didn't kill anybody. But Jesus says, if you have hatred in your heart for someone else, you, you, that's, that's the same as murder. Whoa, time out. Seriously, now, now the bar is getting set so high that there were, there's no way. anybody. You tell, me, you tell me I don't hate somebody? I've never hated somebody in my life? Most of us have. Most of us have. So what do we do? We can't measure up. The law is here. And if we're honest, any law we set up for ourselves, we're never going to be perfect and we're never going to be good enough because all have sinned. We've all fall short of God's glorious standards. It, it, we just do. So that's a, pretty, that's a pretty weird place to be. What do we do? Well, there's, then we create a new law, and we say, you know, as long as my good deeds, all right, before, between now and the time I die, as long as my good deeds outweigh my bad deeds, I'll probably be right with God. And he'll probably let me into heaven when I die. That's, that's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. You see, we're not, we're not just bad people, y'all. We're not just bad people because we sin. Spiritually speaking, we're dead people. Sin doesn't just make us bad. Sin kills things. That's why we sang about resurrection power today, multiple times during our song service. There is a power. That, that is greater than the sin that has killed our spirits. That has just crushed us. And is hurting all the people around us. There is, there is hope. But we have to recognize the need. We got to realize that there's help. That we didn't even know we needed. But we have all sinned. The law simply shows us how sinful we are. Y'all, we are all on the same sinking ship. All of us. Doesn't matter who we are. Doesn't matter if we're of Jewish descent. It doesn't matter if we're American. Doesn't matter what country. It doesn't matter our socioeconomic status. Doesn't matter how we vote. Dear Lord, it doesn't matter how we vote. What matters is we've all sinned and we've all fallen short. So if we can recognize the need 
If we can recognize it, then it, then we're able to receive the gift, the next thing. This is kind of how it plays out. We recognize our need, and then we receive the gift. I want to read you a bunch of verses. Check this out. And I just pray that the Lord will open our hearts to hear the truth and to see the truth of what we're about to read. Receive the gift. Let's look at verse, 40, uh, verse 21 and verse 22. But now, now that we're all depressed because we're all sinners and there's no hope for any of us, but now God has shown a way to be made right with him without keeping the requirements of the law. As was promised through the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago. Verse 22. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. That's the good news. God has made a way for us because the other way, not going to happen. Make, meeting the requirements of the law... Man, meeting requirements of our own made-up laws. We can't even do that. But God has made a way. God's made a way. We are made right with God. You know what? Let's say this. Let's read this out loud together. Okay? I want to be super clear on how we're made right with God. You guys watching online or on this video in the future, say this out loud. I don't care if you're in public. Let people think you're weird. It's fine. Say it out loud. You ready? One, two, three. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. Boom. That's it. That's good news. By placing our faith in Jesus Christ. Wow. Let's keep reading. Let's jump to verse 25 and 26. Now, she's about to show that. Now, keep in mind... That it couched in the middle of this is the reminder, we've all sinned. There's no way we can reach the standard. But God in his grace makes us right through Jesus Christ. Let's keep reading. Verse 25, for God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. Now, let's keep that verse right up there on the screen. Because these words, we need to carry these words in our heart forever. Because this is huge. We have a phrase that we like to say. And it, I don't think it's actually literally written in the Bible this way. But it's, it's inspired by everything we learn about Jesus and his sacrifice. And it's the phrase, quote, coming to the cross. Coming to the cross. Somebody comment that in the thread online. Come to the cross. What that means is to take the truth of this verse that God pre presented Jesus as the sacrifice for our sin. And because Jesus sacrificed his life and shed his blood on the cross, because that happened, we can be made right with God. So that's when we say, if you ever hear that, it sounds kind of cliche, come to the cross, but it is so, it's like dripping with meaning. Because when we, in our faith moments, come to the cross, if we bring our hearts in prayer or thought or worship to the cross and we think about the sacrifice of Jesus, we're reminded that that's how we're made right with God. 
not by keeping rules, not by hoping the tally of our good deeds outweighs the tally of our bad deeds. We are made right by coming to the cross. That is the beauty of it. Don't you love that? Gosh, that's good. We'll just pause. We're just going to leave that verse up there, and, and we'll keep moving for the sake of time. I just want to pause right now. And I want to ask you guys, and I'm asking this of everybody that's here in the room, and I'm asking this of everybody who's watching this video. Have you ever come to the cross for forgiveness of your sins? Have you come to the cross? Have you bowed the knee to God? Have you asked God to make you right? with him because of Jesus' sacrifice of his blood. He did this. God made us right with himself by offering Jesus as our sacrifice. And Jesus willingly gave his body to be broken and his blood to be poured out. And he did that because he loves you that much. And, he is, and God is all about wanting to connect with you and walk with you and talk with you. There are things that God wants to show you. He wants to show, show you how to, how to see life the way it should be seen. He wants to show you how to see people the way he sees people. And it all starts by coming to the cross. So I want to invite you right now, today, if you're in this room or if you're watching this video, I want to ask you right now, would you bow the knee to Christ? Would you come to the cross? Would you pray and ask God to make you right with him? Because this could be, what better time than today? If you want to do that, we're going to pray. And if you want to do that, you can you can, if you're in the room today, you can sit at your chair. You can kneel down in front of your seat. You could come down here in front of this cross, and you could bow your knee, and you could come to the cross wherever you're at, at home right now. You could kneel before the Lord, and you could say, I want to be made right with God. And I know I can't do it on my own, and I can't earn my way to it. God, make me right with you. Do you want to do that today? Let's all bow our heads right now and if you want to come to the cross to be made right with God through the sacrifice of Jesus pray this simple prayer with me these aren't magic words but this is the truth of the good news and we offer it to God in a prayer so let's let's bow maybe you want to bow maybe you want to kneel maybe you want to come to the cross I don't care let's pray this together say God in heaven, I want to be made right with you. I can't do it on my own. I place my faith in Jesus, as the scriptures say. I believe his sacrifice was for me. May the blood he shed wash my sins away. 
In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, if you're here in this room or if you're watching on video, I want to say a few things to you and then we're going to kind of wrap this thing up. Here's what I want to say to you. You just did the coolest thing in the world because you were just made right with God. And there's nothing any human being could ever do, including you, to make that happen. Only the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. So let me, I just want to tell you, you are in for an amazing ride in your faith life, in your faith journey. God is going to have, so, you're going to have so many awesome conversations with God. So much he wants to show you. But I just want to say, I would suggest right now, today, you do a few things. You get your phone and you download the Bible app, all right? The Bible app, it's called Version free Bible app, and it'll give you a verse of the day, and it's a good way to start spending time in the Bible, getting the Bible a part of your day-to-day life. So that's the first thing you need to do. You need to find a really cool, Bible-believing, awesome church wherever you live, and you should start connecting with those other believers, right? And the last thing I encourage you to do is tell somebody. You can tell us. You can tell us in the comments. You could go to our website, churchonthestrail.org, and, and leave it in the comments. Call your mom. Call that person that you know. Call that old friend that told you about Jesus one time. Tell, tell somebody, I've been made right with God. I have been made right with God. Now, I want to share something with you. If you're a believer, and you've already had that moment where you were made right with God, where you came to the cross at some point in your life, Do you, let, me, let me just help you with something. Guess, guess how much of what we've been talking about applies to us. All of it. Every bit of it. There was no way that we could be made right with God through anything but the cross. And there is no way that we can stay right with God through any other means other than the cross. Our standing and our relationship with God is all about the cross. So when we say come to the cross... You know what that's not? It's not this one fixed point in time on the timeline of my years on this earth. Well, on this, you know, when I was such and such years old, or a few months ago, or when I was a kid. Some people can even say the exact death date that they knelt before the Lord and said, forgive my sins. It's not a point in time on your timeline. You know when we come to the cross? All the time. Every day. Every hour. Every time we're reminded of how bad we need God. And how often are we reminded? Every day, all day, every day. Come to the cross. I invite us all. Let's come to the cross. Because the cross has spoken. We are forgiven. The King of Kings calls us His own. Because of, because of the sacrifice of Jesus. We are not made right, and we don't stay right with God by keeping a list of rules. It just doesn't work that way. And I encourage you, come to the cross. I encourage some of us, come back to the cross. Because we've been spending too much of our time doing it on our own. It's not going to work. It's going to wear us out, and and it's going to wear everybody else around us out, too. 
So let's come to the cross. This applies to us. All right. A couple other things just want to mention real fast. I told you we were going to talk about how we're made right with God, how that looks, the flow of that. Obviously, we've got to recognize our need. Then the gift we didn't think we needed, but we do. And then we receive this gift. And then our response is humility. Our response is humility. Throw verse uh, 27 and 28 up on the screen. Can we boast then that what we have done, that we have done anything to be, be accepted by God? No, no, uh-uh, no, no, no. Because our acquittal, our acquittal is not based on obeying the law. It's based on faith. We are made right with God through faith and not by obeying the law. It's just a reminder. And the last thing is there's a result. The very last verse in Romans chapter 3, says, it says it this way. Can you throw that? Oh, that's awesome. She's good. She can keep up with me. Pray for the tech people when Richard is preaching. It ain't easy. Well, then, if we emphasize faith, does this mean, faith, does this mean we can forget about the law? Of course not. Of course not. In fact, only when we have faith do we truly fulfill the law. Only when we have faith. Does that mean because we have faith and we come to the cross, we have the, the magic pill that we take spiritually and now we'll be perfect and we'll keep all the laws and we'll never mess up and we'll get it right every single time? No, that's not it. But it does say that we fulfill ultimately the law when we live a life of faith. What that means is by stopping the striving... And realizing the only way we're made right with God is through faith in Jesus. It fulfills the law in this way. It finally makes the point that God was trying to make all along. All along. That He wants relationship with us. And we fulfill this unkeepable law. This impossible list of rules. We fulfill it because we're free from it. And we fulfill it because our faith in Jesus brings us into what God wanted all along. What did God want all along? He wanted the hearts of His people to be fully His. That's what God wants from you. He wants to win back every inch of ground in your heart that has been lost to life and pain and sin and just stupidness. He wants to win it all back. He wants to win my heart back. And if I'll let Him, He will take me on a journey that won't end until I see Him in the next life. But if I let him, he'll take me on a journey. It's going to be the best ride of my life. It's going to win back my heart. He's going to show me every time I every time I fall short. God wants the hearts of his children fully devoted to him. And that, my friends, is possible.
that, that's doable. It's doable because God's not up there with a checklist counting our good deeds and counting our bad deeds. He's up there saying, is there, are they coming to the cross? Will they come to me? Will they come to me every time? Every time they fall short. Every time that pain crashes into their life. Every time when they're confused and they don't know what to do, will they come to me? Will they come to the cross? God has never been looking for, for uh, employees that will abide by 100% of the employee handbook. God has always been looking for sons and daughters who will yield, simply yield their hearts to him. This is what we're invited to. This is what it means when we say come to the cross. Stand with me, please. We find ourselves today at a decision point. And it's a decision point that we, I mean, this, this decision has to be made a hundred different times on a thousand different days. And it's the decision Am I going to come to the cross with everything about my life? Am I going to come to the Father? Am I going to run to Him every time? My suggestion, my challenge is that we would say, Lord, this week, the seven days that are ahead of us right now, this week, in this moment and in this week ahead, Help me choose you. Help me choose to run to you. To not run to, to, to something that's going to make me feel better about the guiltiness that's surging inside me. I'm not going to run to something else that I think might ease the shame that I feel from not being perfect and not being able to reach God's glorious standard. Or am I going to just say, oh, yes, Lord, I remember. I remember. It's coming to the cross. That's how I'm made right with you. This is our simple task today and every day. I was reminded, I was reminded in uh, about a week ago of how when, when I come, when, in the moments, in my darkest moments, when I came to the Lord in my, in my worst pain, and he helped me through that stuff. And he got me through things that I never thought I'd survived. And he brought things back to life that I never thought would breathe again. And I was reminded about a week ago that I have a tendency that when God helps me and when God meets me in moments of, of, of sadness and pain, my tendency is that once the pain is over and once things get better is to kind of think, well, I guess now God probably wants me to just uh, just bow up, pull myself up by my bootstraps. Since he did all that for me, I guess he wants me to just prove to him how much I love him by doing right. 
suddenly I get back in my own strength and I, and I start saying, I've got I've to fulfill this standard. And I was reminded last week that how it works is, is that I never should shift from saying, thanks for forgiving me because of Jesus' sacrifice. Now I'll do it on my own, Lord. Because that was trying to fulfill a law. God is screaming loudly to us today. The law can't do the job. Come back to the cross. Keep coming back to the cross. Keep coming back. It's like God just said, Richard, keep coming back. And he did it when I was listening to a song. So lo and behold, we're about to sing it right now to close our worship gathering. And in the lyrics of this song, talks about, at the very beginning, it talks about how, how, how we recognize how bad we need God and how far we are from God. And then this lyric that I've heard tons of times struck my heart and I broke down. And it said, it's talking about a dark time, and it said, then, then through the darkness, your loving kindness tore through the shadows of my soul. God wants to tear through the shadows of our souls today right now and he never wants us to wander from the cross he never wants us to forget that he tore through the shadows so let's do it let's live this moment let's worship and pray in this moment as a moment to come to the cross and let's commit Lord this week ahead keep bringing me back to the cross are you with me on that? Yes. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we are, Lord, we're needy people. We get it wrong so often. Sometimes I get so frustrated with myself, Lord, that I have to relearn lessons and that I forgot something super important that you taught me. So in this moment, Lord, I return to you. I come back to the cross. I come back to the simple truth that I can't do it on my own. But because of what Jesus did in shedding his blood, I'm made right with you. Father, it's truly the best thing about my life. It's the best thing about me. It's the best parts of my story. That despite everything, you, may, you make me and keep me right with you. Lord, we're overwhelmed by your goodness. We can't even fathom this kind of grace. But Lord, in this moment, we ask you, tear through our darkness and bring us back to your cross. In Jesus' name, amen.